Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, we are about to enter game five of a meaningless Stanley Cup final. Hold on, dude, hold on. Didn't work. (laughs) Look, this is is a sad moment, because Mike was attempting to gloat. There's my ear. That's terrible. That that was your big celebratory moment? I have a real air horn. <laughs> I bought one, but I tried it in the house and I gave myself like permanent hearing damage. It's so loud. Well, I, I was not going to subject that to you. I appreciate you not taunting me with that, dude. Congratulations. God, that was really anticlimactic. Year, we tried to celebrate that. Year six. Shut up. You have finally won the Vegas bat, dude. In the most ridiculous way possible. Yeah, you somehow, I mean, sometimes we've had a Stanley Cup final where it's been uh, Beauty and the Beast, and this time you've got Two. dueling beasts yes. in the Caps, known as an all-time choking franchise, yep. and an expansion team. Right. So That's what I have. These, dude, are, these are my picks. It doesn't matter how you got them there. You got them there, dude. Congratulations. I will be paying for your next Vegas trip in 2019, dude. Uh, I thought it was interesting when we talked about we were going to Vegas in July. Yep. And this one is, you know, uh, on me, on you. And I said, well, you just want to call it a wash. But you want the physical act yes. of me handing over the cash to you. Yes, I do. Uh, instead of just wiping it out, which uh, I understand. So you have to wait uh, about a year to, to get that. Mm-hmm. But, dude. I also want to go to Vegas. Of course. Well, I don't want to just like have things, oh, well, let's not do anything fun. We'll just like trade theoretical Vegas trips back and forth. No, the whole point is to go to Vegas. That's agreed. Agreed. So well played, sir. Uh, as we are entering game five, the Capitals have a 3-1 lead in this Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know how many of the listeners are still watching uh, the Golden Knights have been bad the last couple of games, not looking good. They go back home tomorrow night for where they have been totally dominant all season. And the Caps are all world chokers, dude. That's true. So I don't know if I'm ready to put the nail in the coffin just yet. But the, ca- the Caps have won, lost 3-1 leads before. They certainly have yeah. in in outstanding style. <laughs> right. So, And I think I remember watching PTI when they were in Game 7 versus Pittsburgh, and I think their all-time Game 7 record is like 3-10 and 10 or something. <laughs> it's some really, really sort of pathetic record when they're in Game 7. But I know we're both rooting for them. We're both rooting for the Caps to win. I just, I don't know if I really want to live in a world where an expansion team can win the Stanley Cup in their first year. I just, I really intensely dislike it. And, and that's not really... To, to bag on the Vegas franchise specifically. I just don't like that as a as a thing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care which expansion franchise it would be. I'd, you got to pay your dues. That's right. You got to pay I, your dues. I want that fan base to get used to losing like we did <laughs> in the early years. Oh, yeah. No, we we lost like it was our job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, what a... Definitely. 19 yeah. win in a 13 win season or something. What do we have? <laughs> it's been a good story, but 
certainly, you know, there's not a lot of people talk to me about the expansion rules and how it was rigged for Vegas to be successful. And I could not disagree with that more. It was not rigged. Yeah, but dude, in a way, I will say that they certainly made it a heck of a lot easier for them to acquire good players than it was when the Sharks just absorbed all of Minnesota's garbage. Right. And then got some cast-offs, including a all-star player in Doug Wilson, who was way past his prime. Yep. I mean, they did not have a good team or have good players on it. And they also got more favorable terms, to be honest, than the Wild did or the Blue Jackets did when they came into the league with expansion. That The other teams in the league were able to protect more players right. at that time. And, and the Wild and the Blue Jackets were worse. And so certainly they got a better deal. But, sure. But if, if they really... If it was rigged, then somebody, anybody who knew something about hockey at the beginning of the year would have predicted Vegas to be anything other than horrible, oh, and no. that just didn't happen. I don't think it was rigged, but I do think it was set up so that that team in a very important market for all of sports would do decently, not be awful. And they exceeded decent. They've yeah. been outstanding. Yeah, they exceeded it by a long shot. And, so will I don't think it, Seattle get the same expansion rules, or are we going to see that adjusted because the other teams are going to be so irritated? I read somewhere that Seattle will get the same expansion draft rules wow. as Las Vegas did if they come into being. No is pressure. That, is that a done deal? I don't even no, know. I don't think it's a done deal. When Garth Snow is running the Seattle franchise, <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for a gig. Uh, That's true. That'll be good times, dude. Well, uh Outside of the Stanley Cup Finals, we do have some major Sharks news that I'm sure all Sharks fans are aware of that Doug Wilson pulled off what we expected, which was the re-signing of Evander Kane, dude. Yep. A seven-year, $7 million cap hit deal for Evander Kane. Locks him up. That's uh, a very long-term deal. I know that uh, there was a little bit of controversy as to the terms and the money offered for Evander Kane. Um, but I'm personally glad that he got this done. I think Evander Kane is is one of those talented players that you don't just get very often. They don't they don't fall into your lap very often. And certainly Doug Wilson has shown time and again that this is his strategy. You trade for a guy that you want long term, and you convince him to stay. It happened. It's happened so many times. It's becoming a bit of a broken record. But it's clearly part of Doug Wilson's strategy to get players because. I'm sure we'll be talking about free agency a little bit later in the show, but the Sharks, what's the biggest free agent the Sharks have ever signed uh, in UFA season in July, dude? Mikel Bodker? It might be Mikel Bodker. Uh, I would say Paul Martin, Paul Martin. in the moment. Yeah, like he, made, he made more money. He made the, and he made the most impact. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. that was probably the most marquee free agent. When we added Joel Ward... And Paul Martin, I think we both thought that was kind of a coup. Right. And that's kind of sad that you added two uh, 30 plus 35 yeah. veteran players who were instrumental in the Sharks making the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, they were an important part of that. And now, uh, you know, Joel Ward is most certainly not coming back. Right. And I think Paul Martin is also most certainly not coming back, even though he has a year left on his deal. I think we'll get into that in a little bit, dude. Uh, looking at the other players who are making $7 million a year, dude, tell me if you think uh, Evander Kane is better, on par, or 
not as valuable as these players. Okay. Johnny Boychuk. How old is he? Johnny Boychuk is 34. Okay, he's more valuable than Johnny Boychuk. Carey Price. Less. <laughs> Braden Holtby. Hmm. On, I'll go on par, be a little charitable. Alex Petrangelo, 28 uh, years old. Uh, what was his points this past year? He had 53 points. I think it's a wash. I think it's a wash. Pecorine. It's a wash. I'd say Kane is more valuable. Rene is 35. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Alexander Steen, uh, 46 points minus 10. Probably, probably more $7 valuable. $7 million dollars probably more for valuable. that. Yeah. No, thanks. Derek Steppen, 56 I like, points. I like Derek Stepan. Uh, I'll go with Stepan on this Ooh, one. Ooh, disagree. Eric Carlson. I'll take Carlson. David Clarkson. Okay, I think I'll take Clarkson. Ben Bishop. Uh, I think I'll take Dion Phaneuf. Okay, yeah. Okay, let's look at some players just priced above Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. Bobby Ryan. Yeah, Bobby Ryan didn't have a good year this year. Andrew Ladd making more than Evander Kane. Ouch. Well, that's just a bad deal. $7.5 million salary. Wow. Now we know 5.5 cap hit. Now we know why John Tavares is leaving. Jason Spezza, 26 points minus 12 last year. He was really great once. Once, but I'm talking about now. Yeah, I know. Not now. This is what happens. Paul Stasny, $7.5 million he was paid. I think the Jets would say he's definitely worth it. But would you rather have Evander Kane or Paul Stasny? I'd rather have Evander Kane. Right. Yeah. So I think Milan Lucic, $8 million. Ouch. Mm, That hurts. Okay. So if you look at it, this is not a bad deal. I think when you look at the landscape of what there are some other players being paid, this similar salary. And and inflation is there, right? The cap is going up. Right. So players are going to get paid more. Kyle Ocposo. Like Eight that. million dollars, dude. He like had forty-four that. points. I know it's not great. It's a minus thirty-three. Louis Erickson, eight million dollars. Ouch. For twenty-three points. Even TJ Oshi, who we were advocating for the Sharks to sign last yeah. year, yeah, eight million dollars for forty-seven points. Evander Kane had sixty-something points last year, right? Uh, I'm not. I I don't have all the Sharks stats in front of me. I'm gonna get them up because. I know I got in trouble once for being wrong on stats, so let me get this right this one time, even though there's going to be a bunch of dead air. Dude. Dead air. Click on the player's name, dude. Sorry, Click on the player's geez. name. This dead air brought to you by Mike's iMac. So 54 points. He had 54 points total last year? Yeah. 40 with Buffalo, 14 with the Sharks. Okay. 29 goals, 25 So assists. even with TJ Oshie, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So actually more. I mean, he had he had seven more points. And I think you could make a good case that if you'd been on the Sharks. The whole year. The whole year. He Buffalo. had 14 points in 17 games. Buffalo's balls. That, you know, and that, yeah, he'd have more points. Kane is easily a 60-point player in my view. Although he's never scored 60. I think he's never been on a good team, dude. I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to argue that this is a bad deal or that Evander Kane is grossly overpaid. I think the only thing that some some fans could be legitimately concerned about is 
Evander Kane is not 24. He is, what, 26? He's so 26, old. But seven <laughs> years, which means he'll be 34. And if you have a, a, a game that's based on speed, as Evander Kane's is, at 34, it's hard to believe you're going to be as effective at a $7 million cap. Yeah, that's the, that's just, the thing. I think people have a concern. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think if I'm playing devil's advocate on this deal, that's what I would bring up. If he signed this seven-year deal and he was 31... I'd be concerned. He's signing it at 26. In seven years, he'll be 33. I mean, there's you know some pretty damn good low 30 players in this league. Some of them are on our team. He's 28, but, dude. Okay, 28, dude. So he'd be... It's almost that, 29. Is that an eight? Yeah. That's a six, That's a six. dude. Come I need, on. I need new content. Damn it, dude. Jeez. I'm damn really, it. I'm getting everything wrong. Oh, boy, dude. Oh. If you're still listening... Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind it, dude. I think that we saw how effective he was, and this was, I mean, apparently, and we didn't see it at the beginning of the year, this has been the plan all along. I think that they, not necessarily that it was going to be Kane, but it was going to be something like this, that they were going to save their pennies for this offseason where they felt like they could make, I think, two big strikes. I think they're trying to make two big strikes, add two you know, veteran, younger veteran players, and I put Kane in that category, in the mid-20s, late-20s, sign them to rich contracts and keep them here to make the Sharks a dangerous team for the next five to seven years, Mm -hmm. surrounded by the core that the Sharks have. And this was a great first step. It was something that I didn't think was going to happen 12 months ago. Right. And I am pleased and impressed with management and how they were able to maneuver this. Did it cost the Sharks a first-round draft pick in 2019? Yes, it did. But that's the price of getting an elite player or a all-star type player in San Jose. Yep. Yep. So now the question is, where do the Sharks go from here? And I know we uh, spent most of breakfast talking about John Tavares. And I don't think either of us have been pushed off of our position that it's very unlikely that he'll come to the Sharks. But uh, one can dream, <laughs> one can dream, and it's a it's a big question. I personally, I think if he was going to sign with the Islanders, he would have probably signed by now. I bet they've given him. Uh, you know, if you're in the Islanders' position, it's kind of a difficult spot, right? You want to see what the other teams are going to do, but you have first crack at him, so you don't want to insult him by lowballing him. But then again, you don't want to overpay either so i don't know the islanders have a ton of cap space they could easily afford him it's not that they couldn't give him you know and and teams that are wanting to re-sign players like the sharks did with brent burns they can sign them to eight-year deals other teams can only sign Tavares to a seven-year deal and maybe that makes a difference to him i don't know yeah we're gonna find out how far uh loyalty and comfort gets you because if you look at the Islanders roster, they are not built to win now or in the future. And I know their big move in the last couple of weeks is to bring in Sweet Lou Lamorello, who was essentially moved out in Toronto. I wouldn't say he was fired. I think that was the plan all along is to, you know, groom Kyle Dubas and or Tim Hunter and uh, have Lamorello move aside. And so now he's on the island that you're going to be enticed by staying to have a 90-year-old guy, you know, <laughs> right. run your team, who's right. on his third team in the last five years, by the way. Right. Like, that's the stability that you're looking at. I just, that wouldn't make me feel, no disrespect to Lou Lamorello, who's uh, 
a Hall of Fame hockey mind. Yes. But that's not the person that I'm looking at going, oh, great. Thanks. He's going to be here for all eight years of my tenure. Right. Absolutely not. Unlikely. He might be eating tapioca pudding in two. Right. Actually, it might be a sort of a a disrespect or or a miscalculation in that he might be interested more in in being on a team where a guy like Kyle Dubas is the is the GM and I just read a long article about him on the Athletic an interesting interesting guy started in the business really young was like a scout for an OHL team at 17 or something it's crazy so you know that's a guy who's who's the up and comer i mean he's 35 years old and the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs i mean talk about a meteoric rise right and so the articles that i've read dude and the conversations I've heard is that if Tavares leaves that he doesn't necessarily want to be on the same coast or in the Eastern Conference so that he has to play the Islanders five multiple times, times, five a, times year. a year. Yeah. He's not interested in that, that he would be looking to go West so that he could be as far removed from the situation as possible. Now you see some similarities with Joe Thornton, although that wasn't his choice to come out here, that it probably made it easier that yep. he wasn't traded to Toronto right. when he was, you know, moved out of there so that he had to be a direct rival with his old team. So I get that. So you look at the Sharks in that standpoint, you go, okay, well, they're about as far away <laughs> yeah. geographically as you can get. As you can get. So does that put them in the conversation? Sure. Do they have the cap space to do this move? I don't know. Yeah. You know, as we've kind of looked at here, I don't think it's impossible, but there would have to be some creativity involved here with some other players. But I look at some of the other suitors here, dude, and here's who we got. The Carolina Hurricanes, Mm. 0% chance, right? Yeah, yeah. They might call him. Yeah. There's no way he's going there. The question is if he even answers the call. If, you, if you're if you Tavares, and you were making the Kevin Durant comparison here, dude. I was. At breakfast. It's really surprising to hear me talk at any length about basketball, but I, there I did. Durant left OKC because he wanted to win. He could have had more long-term security and financial boon by staying. Instead, he's doing these one-year deals with Golden State every year just to kind of keep the team together. Mm -hmm. That's how they're able to keep this super team going. The next team with the most amount of cap space is the Vegas Golden Knights. Right. So if you're Tavares, Tavares, Tavares. I've heard it both ways. You're Mr. T. Yeah, Mr. T. Why wouldn't you go to Vegas? Do you believe that they're actually... The question is, does he believe that they're a good team for now in the future, or are they... A flash in the pan. You know, a lot of people have talked about William Carlson. I read an article that said he was shooting 20% five on five, which is a shooting percentage that is essentially unsustainable. So if William Carlson goes from a 43 goal player to a 28 or 25 goal player next year because he regresses to the mean as some of these as some of these players tend to do, are the Knights suddenly great with Derek Englund on their first pairing as we have... <laughs> laughingly mentioned several times on the podcast you know i am not willing to bet that vegas will be at the top of the pacific division next year well here is why i'm scared of vegas dude i'm going to tell you why well they have a ton of cap space for one okay and a ton of picks they have 
They have, in 2018, they don't have a ton of picks, actually. They don't have a first-round pick. They traded it for Thomas Tatar. Yeah, oops. Okay. In 2019, they only actually, you know, they're not as rich as I thought they were. They have a first-round pick in 2019, a first-round pick in 2020, and no pick in 2018. They have six second-round picks over the next three years. So, I mean, that's a nice little bounty. Yeah. But that's not necessarily going to get you in the Eric Carlson conversation. Like, I thought that they might have... I had heard that they had... Tons of picks. Three first-round picks coming up, but that's not, according to Cat Friendly, not correct. So, unless there's some sort of conditions that aren't entered there yet... Right. uh, It looks like they don't have anything. So, how they'll get Eric Carlson, I don't know. But I look at their... Or John Tavares. Well, Tavares, it just takes money. Right. And if you're the... Vegas Golden Knights, you go, okay, uh, James Neal's unrestricted. They have over $26 yeah, million dollars of cap space. They can sign Neal and Carlson fairly comfortably and still have a ton of money. Grabowski was a cap eater. David Perron, you could let him go. Ryan Reeves won't cost you anything. Thomas Nosek, they'll resign. William Carrier, they'll resign, but that won't cost you anything. Lucas Pisa, <laughs> Clayton Stoner, goodbye. Colin Miller and Shea Theodore, you're going to keep those guys. So, and they're going to have to make a decision or they're going to have to re-sign. They've got some players coming up on deals down the road like Mark andre the Fleury. Yeah. So, but do they have the money to sign John Tavares? Easily. Yes. Easily. Yes. Easily. So, you're right. Does he believe? Does he believe that Vegas has long-term sustainability and if you hold it up next to the sharks which team would you pick it's i think it's yeah that's a, that's a tough call the rangers no chance yeah arizona no chance colorado dude you gave them a puncher's chance i think i feel less uh confident that he would consider the avalanche but why do you think colorado might be this is a an team option? loaded with youth that has some top end talent and made the playoffs this year at the surprise of a lot of people, including us. Um, you know, this is not, you know, a, a year or two ago, Colorado was just a sack of crap, frankly. And they a were, year or two before that, we thought they were going to be the next right. dynasty. So there's definitely some volatility there, which I which could drive away a player like Tavares. Or if he gets the right spiel, maybe he can start believing in some of these great young players and he can fit in and be that sort of guiding force to take that team to the next level that has a lot of sort of like raw talent that has never really come together into a a legitimate like playoff contender. I don't know. I mean, you know, Colorado has a pretty good franchise history in general. You know, they won cups in the nineties and so on. And, and so they're not like a joke of a franchise. You know, I can't really speak to how they've been run the past five years or so. It hasn't been great with, the sacking and wah thing going on and all this other stuff, but it's I don't I don't see it as a crazy as crazy talk. I don't think it's crazy talk. I I would put them below the Sharks and Vegas in terms of contenders. I think that if you put them all on the table, I would pick the Sharks or Vegas over Colorado just because Colorado, similar to Vegas, has demonstrated that they were able to do one good year after having yeah just a dumpster fire right before that they also i don't think have treated their players 
you look at how they treated Matt Duchesne yeah. with a ton of respect. Right. I would say I don't think they're perceived as being, you know, uh, outstanding to their own guys. Uh, you saw how they kind of let Landis Cog flap in the breeze too. So um, in the mix, maybe not a serious contender to me. Dude, Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs have $22 million in projected cap space, probably more once we get the adjusted cap. They're big free agents. William Nylander, clearly they will sign. He's restricted. Plakanich, they probably let walk. Tyler Bozak, I mean, I think that that's a, you know, 50-50, right? Whether they're going to keep him. I mean, do you keep yeah. him or do you sign Tavares to replace him? Well, right? you sign Tavares if you can. I think certainly Toronto has got to be one of the two or three top contenders at this point. If if they're interested, which if, if unless they're morons, oh. they have to be interested. Of course they're interested. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk. I mean... It, this would not solve their defensive issues, no, it would which not. are serious. <laughs> but it could allow them to, if you, if you sign Tavares, it could allow them to consider trading Nazem Kadri to get a serious number one defender, right? Yeah, it's true, and and this is still a team that had 105 points last year. So I mean, sure. yeah, their defense isn't isn't elite. You know, this isn't like the national. It's not good, though. It's not good. It's it not costs the na- them. It costs. It's cost them twice. I'm not saying playoffs. it's good. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying like this is a team that still managed to get 105 points. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you add Tavares to the mix, and you trade from strength, and yes, add yes a another defensive player. You know, a, a, an actual, you know, shutdown guy instead of. You know, an offensive guy. I mean, you they've got, got two guys. They got four great offensive players under twenty three. Yeah. Morgan Riley, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner. You can get an elite defenseman for one of those guys. Sure. Yeah, you could. If I were Toronto and I could get and I could get Tavares, that's that would be my plan. Is I would sign him and then all those guys <laughs> essentially you know, you'd be quiet about it, but you say, Listen, I want a top flight defenseman. Right. Who who do you want? You know, I mean, you. I don't know. Do you try and get one of the great young D from Carolina? Where 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 do you go? Like, if you're Toronto, let's let's take it to the next level, dude. Because you know we're we're already well off into the weeds of of speculation <laughs> at this point. If you're Toronto, who do you set your sights on? If you could get any defenseman? Oh gosh, uh, dude. I mean, I think I'm trying to look at teams here who might be. I I might I probably would call about Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. Sure. That might be one of the first phone calls that I'd make. Try and get him. Um, I probably would uh, look into seeing if uh, Nashville would move Lindholm. Yeah. I might make that phone call. Or even Roman Josie. I mean, go right. for, shoot for the stars. Yeah, right. Roman Josie. Um, I'd, I'd probably call the Kings and ask if they want to trade Drew Doughty. Yeah. Just do a contract. Seriously. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, those are the phone calls that I'd make. Or the other thing that you could do is, you know, uh, find a team that might be looking to get out from under something and go, hey, uh, Blackhawks, what if we just absorb all of Duncan Keith's salary and you can get out from under it? Or Seabrook is the guy who's really got 
Well, I mean, but Seabrook doesn't really fix what they need. Yeah. It's... Duncan Keith for a couple of years, he does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting position. And I think unless it's really true that Tavares does not want to stay out there and have to face his old team multiple times, Toronto right now, as ah, we go through the list, they, has to be the they, number one. They've got to be the front runner. They've got to be the front runner, right? Okay, let's keep going. Okay. Vancouver, no chance. I'm going to say Winnipeg, no chance, just because uh, of their location. Plus, do you really want to mess with that right now? They got a really good team. Yeah, I mean, and they, but they've also got, you know, Blake Wheeler is going to be coming up for a deal. Patrick Laine is going to be coming up for a deal. But really, and you're going to want to retain the cap space. Tyler Myers coming up for a deal. You want to keep those guys? Sure, but they have. 20 plus million dollars of cap space. I don't think they wouldn't be interested. I just think they're not a great fit. New Jersey. I think that that's a no chance. That's not a good fit. Buffalo. No chance. Dallas. No chance. Detroit. No chance. The flyers. Flyers surprised me this year. That's for sure. Um, wouldn't put them in the no chance category, but. I think they're they're more than the thing about the Flyers is they're they're more than a Tavares away from being a great team. That's the problem with the Flyers. Sure, sure. And I think their if, goaltending situation is less than desirable. <laughs> That's the most charitable possible way of putting it. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I were Tavares, I would want to say, okay, what team has a Tavares size hole that I can plug into and we become an immediate contender? Right. right? You don't want to say, okay, well, I'm going to sign some plays and then I'm going to cross my fingers and hope they add the other three pieces necessary to make us great. So, so far, we have Toronto, yeah. the Sharks, yep. and Vegas as yeah. actual serious contenders. Keep going. Ottawa. No. Yeah, probably not. Why would he ever go there? Yeah. Columbus. No way. They got a lot of cap room. No, no way. Why would you go there? Because they had 90 go from the island to Columbus. They had ninety-seven points last year. They're not bad. Columbus is not bad. And they got they got some good young players. I think you may you may be underestimating Columbus a little bit. It's not exactly the the okay. pulsing metropolis that right. players dream of. Sure, but I guess I just don't, if the Sharks can't sign a marquee free agent, but Columbus can. <laughs> Like that's okay. That's that's some that's some garbage there, dude. Okay, I just okay. don't think he's gonna stay in in the Eastern Conference to play for Columbus. Yeah, like okay. that. I could. You're right. St. Louis, no. Nah. Calgary, dude. All right, so now we're at Calgary. They have twelve million dollars in cap speed. Not a lot. They also have no picks in the first three rounds this year. <laughs> just somehow a worse. Draft situation than the Sharks, which uh, they have a lot of players locked up into long-term deals. Their core is all locked up, essentially. And it's a young core. It is a young core. I'm looking at their guys in Goudreau, Monaghan, Matt Kachuk, Backlund, Dougie Hamilton. So here's the issue. If you're John Tavares and his agent, you go, okay, I like some of this. I like some of this. They can't seem to keep a coach employed right and their goalie is 36 and was not very good this year that's true right and this is also their i don't know their 12th goalie in two years i mean like you know this this has been a fairly ridiculous situation 
in net for Calgary. And I've heard of none of their backups before. David, Eddie Lack? You've heard of Eddie Lack. He played four games. Have you heard of David Riddich? No. John Gillies? Yes. Okay, you've heard of him. No, I've never heard of him. Okay. Dude, I mean, the, this team has been set up to take the step forward for yeah. the last two years. They haven't done it. No, they have not. And they went backwards this year. They really did. So I think they are not on the list. I say not on the list. The Montreal Canadiens, dude. Always on the list by the fact that they're Montreal Canadiens. Disagree. I think they're on the list, but I, I think they're a far worse I think they candidate. get a meeting. They're going to get a meeting. Of course. Why would you go there? Why? Because of the mystique, the mystery, yeah. the history. I mean, you were talking about the ghosts of Montreal whispering in your ear. That's right. Jean Beliveau. This team is a disaster. They're a disaster. They got, some, they got some decent young players, but they're not. They just don't. Dude. They got the same problem. Jonathan Druin, Galchenyuk, Gallagher. They're, they're a disaster. They are not. But here's here's the one line of this of this scoring sheet that pops out at me. Jeff Petrie was their fourth leading scorer. That's not that's not good. That's a problem. That's not good. <laughs> that's a major problem. Yeah. Um, Brendan Gallagher is your leading scorer. That's a problem. Yeah. So could he go on this team and instantly be the man and make them better? Absolutely. Yes. Are they a Stanley Cup contender? No. I don't think so. I agree with you. I mean, I think Carey Price, when healthy, is elite. He's the best goalie in the league. When healthy, which hasn't happened for two years. When healthy. So how much stock are you going to put in that? Edmonton Oilers, I'm not even going to look. That's a zero, no chance. No chance. Yeah. Anaheim. I you know I think there we we saw after the shark series how much on the decline we didn't think they were but they appear to be on the decline. They're in trouble, dude. Yeah. You look at this. I mean, Perry Getzloff and Kessler are both thirty three. They're all thirty three years old. They're all signed for three plus more years, and they all look like dog crap <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It that team good. is going in the toilet. Yeah, and and there's no easy solution. There isn't. Flush, flush. Bye, bye, ducks. Right. Yeah. I, I think they are headed in the wrong direction as evidenced by our playoff series with them. Florida. No. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He's, John Tavares signs with the Florida Panthers. Yeah. They can't even fill the Can building. Can you even hear that phrase being said? Dude, there's a Pacific team, but I don't know where they're on the cap the cap hit list that we talked about. Okay. I'm, I'm making my way, dude. Okay. Boston Bruins. We could talk about all 30 teams. Yep. Boston was a very surprisingly good team this year. I did not expect that. Much like the Flyers, but they were even better than the Flyers. I don't know. Brad Marchand's an elite elite talent, without doubt. Pasternak had 80 points at age 21. That's pretty good times. They have the best uh, defensive forward in the league at Patrice Bergeron. Whether or not he actually is, it doesn't really matter. He just wins the Selkie every year. Um, Really great goaltending and solid D. I, I mean, you know, Boston's a contender. I think Boston could be a team that is in the mix for this year. Like, I mean, they have almost $9 million in cap suite. That's not without the, you know, uh, although the, the thing, the, the issue is that they just don't have, they'd have to fill out the roster with a lot of minimum salary yeah. guys yeah. in order to make this work. But I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible that Boston could be in the mix which fars. Okay, the Washington Capitals, no. Especially if they win the cup. Nashville Predators, no. Yeah. 
Minnesota Wild. Doubtful. Unless, also, unless they can get rid of some of these contracts. But also, can you, can you hear the announcement? Tavares picks the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> right. Why? I mean, you've got one of the all-time choking coaches. Yeah, it's true. And a team that has a new GM. Chicago, no way. Tampa Bay, no. Pittsburgh, no. The team with the fewest cap space dollars. Mm-hmm. The Los Angeles Kings, dude. Yeah, right. They have the fewest cap space dollars because they traded for $5.25 million of Dion Phaneuf. Yeah. So. That's why. Let's recap this here. Vegas. Toronto. Yep, Toronto. Boston. Yep. Sharks. Sharks, maybe. So if you're Tavares and I still you want to win. I still say Colorado and Calgary. Okay, so Colorado and Calgary. I, I don't take those as seriously, dude. If you're putting Colorado Calgary in there, then you put Columbus in there too. Yes, I do. I don't think those because three... he's going to have ten. He's going to have at least ten good offers. Who are those ten offers going to be? For? Sure. Well, they they're going to make an offer. I don't think they're on the short list. I think the short list is Toronto, Boston, Vegas, and I think the Sharks are in the same conversation as those teams. Because if you look and you put yourself, if he puts himself on the Sharks roster. Would you say the Sharks could contend for the Stanley Cup next year? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. If you put them on Boston, are they the Eastern Conference favorite? Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. Got, they got to be. If you put them on Toronto and they flip one of those young players and add a Oliver ekman Larson or a Seth Jones or a Roman Josie or an elite young defenseman. They're the best team in the league. They're the best team in the league. And if you want to believe in Vegas and you put yourself on Vegas and you literally, they're giving up nothing. Right. They could keep everybody mm-hmm. and add you and maybe even add Eric Carlson. Right. Then, yeah. Then, yeah. Those are the four teams that I think, I mean, it sounds like we're mostly in agreement. I think we're mostly in agreement. I think some of those other teams may have a bigger shot than, than you give them credit for, but I think you're right. I, certainly, the one thing this discussion has crystallized for me, how much of a fit it is for the Maple Leafs. Like the Maple Leafs is and isn't and and Tavares from the from the area too, right? I mean that just seems I think it's just, you know, that's that he the, that they have to be seen as the overwhelming favorite at this point. Knowing what we know and obviously not knowing So is that why John Lou Lamorello is now running the island and he's like, God, I, I, hey John, I was in Toronto last year. <laughs> it's really gone down. Yeah, it's like they brought him into trash talk Toronto. It's really, it's not that would be a hell of a hire. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to bring in the GM so he could trash talk his old team. So what percentage would you give it that he stays on the island? You know, it's not nothing. I think, you know, loyalty and knowing what you're in for and all that kind of stuff. And, and Lou Lamorella does have a good reputation. You know, it's got to be 10 to 15, you know, 15%, maybe 20%. 20% chance that yeah. he stays. Yeah. One in five. Maybe twenty five percent, one in four, something like that. I I think it's a, I I I guess percentage wise, I put the same number on it, maybe fifteen. I if you're this guy, if you're Tavares, and you're twenty seven, you're in the prime of your career. You know, do you want to play with Joe Pavelski, Logan Couture, Mark Edward Vlasic, Brent Burns, Martin Jones, Evander Kane? Or do you want to play with Jordan Eberle, Josh Bailey, Cal Clutterbuck, Andrew Ladd, and Nick Letty? Yeah. It's, it's not yeah. hard. 
no matter how nice your house is on the <laughs> island, you can find a nice house here too. Unless he's afraid California is going to fall into the ocean. Right. Which we all are. Maybe he just doesn't like traffic. <laughs> well, there's a there's a lot of traffic there too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? I, I don't... Through this conversation, I'm talking myself into this a little bit. Are you? I am a little bit. I think that the sharks don't drink the Kool-Aid, dude. Dude, he's not I, coming. I think the sharks are on the four-team shortlist. I think they're on the shortlist, and but they're the fourth out of four. I don't know if that's the case. Like, I think that you could make a real strong. It just depends on how real this sentiment is that he doesn't want to play in the Eastern Conference. Dude, we're already forty minutes in. This is why we love the off season, dude. <laughs> dude okay, so here's the here's the question then. I mean, because we're we're way far deep down into the matrix at this point. Is signing John Tavares a bigger deal than trading for Joe Thornton? Oh, trading for Joe Thornton was a franchise altering move. Dude. And signing John Tavares wouldn't be? No, it would be. I I would put them on even. I put them on even. This is a defining moment. It's a defining moment. Now, the other thing, too, is I don't think it has to be Tavares. I think the Sharks need to add another impact player, and that could be JVR. Do you have any of anybody else that you would consider to be in that in that conversation? Because I didn't see anybody else on the list. I mean, Rick Nash is a free agent, but we don't want any part of that. I mean, is there really anybody else other than JVR and John Tavares that you think would would put the Sharks into instant contention as Tavares would? Um, I, I think, you know, we, we've talked about James Neal. I think James Neal would help. It is not the same. And also, you know, uh, yeah, James Neal is not as good as JVR. They're about the same age. But there are things about James Neal's game that I like. Yep. I like that he can play both sides, uh, right and left. I like that he's a pain in the ass. And I also like that taking him away from Vegas makes them weaker. So you go, okay, can James Neal, could that be an option? I mean, he made $5 million this year. Is he really going to get a significantly larger raise than that? Probably not. I think JVR is probably... He had 36 goals, JVR. So... You know, he's gonna. He, he's probably looking at. I mean, don't you think JVR is looking at Evander Kane money? Yeah, yeah, right. That sounds right. So, I don't know. I mean, would you rather have Neil at five years, thirty million, or JVR at seven and forty nine? I'm. I don't know. That's a tough call. It's a frankly. tough call. That's a tough call. Uh, David Perron had a better season than James Neal. Yeah. Right? He had 66 points. He's 30 years old. Yeah, but James Neal had 25 goals. He had, he had almost 10 more goals. Sure. Goals are worth more. So, yeah, I I, I think you're. it gets a little thin after you get past those two players. There's not anybody else that's just a slam dunk, instant, no. turns the no, Sharks No, yeah. Defenders. No, I mean, those, those two guys are the guys that I think that Doug Wilson, he's had his eye on three players all along, and he got one of them. Right. So that's why I'm not counting him out. I think he's going to get down in the mud and fight. And what the Sharks have going for them, as we talked about earlier, 
is they sort of have that Golden State Warriors community vibe. Mm-hmm. That is a selling point. I think that was a big reason why Evander Kane signed. He talked about it after he signed. He said that, you know, Joe Thornton picked him up at the airport. They did a, a player's trip after the season was over, as a lot of teams do, and everybody went. And that's not always the case. You know, some guy, you know, guys just sort of go their separate ways, but this is a team that sticks together. And, you know, that, that, that kind of, uh, I think that's something that Doug Wilson has purposefully cultivated over the years because I, th- I if I want to ascribe uh, you know an otherworldly intelligence to him, which I'm not <laughs> certain is warranted, but if I did, I would say he knows that people aren't going to come to San Jose because San Jose is a hockey town. So right. he needs to make the franchise desirable in other ways. And one of the other ways is this is a place where players are treated with respect. Players can be themselves the way they can on the Warriors the way they can't on some other teams. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Canadians. Um, you know, players can be who they are. You know, this is a, a, a diverse area where, where there's a lot of different kinds of people and things to do. And, you know, it's a great place to live. And, and as people found out, it's a great place to play. People stay all the time. And right. I think that, I think the word is out. I'd like to think the word is out now in the league that this is a place where players can come and enjoy it. So the final topic, dude, and you know, we'll get into a, a deeper roster breakdown as we sort of limp through the summer, but you know, the other major issue here outside of who will the Sharks add is will Joe Thornton stay? And what will the deal be? And you know, I have my theory. I think they will offer him something. Mm-hmm. I I find it very difficult to believe that they just say, you know, it's been nice, Joe. Have a career. You know, it's that's not going to happen. They're going to they're going to offer him something. The question is what? And they offered him one year deal, especially after his recent injury injury history. They're certainly not going to offer more than one year deal, and neither will any other team in the NHL, as far as I can tell. Uh, so the question is, what's the right dollar amount for Joe Thornton? And and do you offer him a dollar amount that you actually want him to agree to? <laughs> you know, I said on the last podcast that I I didn't think they should keep him, and. I, I do think that his on-ice ability or talent at this point is replaceable. I think his off-ice presence is... You can't even quantify it. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And the more I've thought about it, the more I think this is what happened in the offseason. They made a deal on a two-year deal. One year each and the other one was not put on paper, right? Mm-hmm. So the Sharks essentially agreed to sign Joe Thornton to a two-year, $10 million deal, but it was structured in one and eight, and I think we're going to sign see him sign for one and two. And that was the deal because Doug Wilson told him exactly what he wanted to do, which was, hey, Joe, you're worth this amount of money, but we can't give it to you in this way. So I'm going to give you the lion's share now but I'm only going to give you a little bit next year. And that's going to allow me to, to get Evander Kane, and that's going to allow us to get in the Tavares conversation. Are you in? And Joe said yes. We're really, we're really pumping Doug Wilson's tires here on this show, aren't we? It's the only thing that makes sense to me is that, I mean, really, you know, when, when they gave him a one and eight contract, I was like, well, come on. What? Yeah. After he just blew his knee out? Yeah. Then he's going to step back and go, hmm. Maybe this is part of a larger conversation that they had because again, on the ice, can they find a player to do what he's doing and maybe even do it better for less money? Yes. But he is. Well, the question, I think there are players 
the question is, can we find those players? That's that's a different conversation. Well, are we there don't players? Even know. Are there players that can do what he does for less money? Yes, there are. Can the Sharks get any of them? Doubtful. Well, we don't even know what he's going to be capable of physically doing. That's true. You know, how effective is he even going to be? Should he even be realistically playing 82 games? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, he should probably be playing 50-something games so that you can keep him healthy for the playoffs. Right. So, but having him in the locker room, having him have, like we talked about, Brent Burns kind of went a little spaceship batty at the end of the season, doing some weird stuff, taking some weird penalties, saying some things to officials, lashing out at reporters. Because I think Joe Thornton wasn't there to take that pressure off. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the guy they were going to immediately after the game. They were going to Burns' stall. So you have Joe Thornton there who's so good at that that part of the... The game. The game, right? And it is part of the game. That it allows Burns to just be Burns instead of having to... Now he has to be the Be the face of the franchise along with Pavelski. I think it makes a big difference. So for those reasons, I think we're going to hear about a very late contract with Joe Thornton that will happen weeks into free agency. I mean, until the Tavares JVR thing is over, I don't think we're going to hear anything about Joe Thornton. Because if they don't get either of them, maybe he's going to get a couple more dollars. And maybe that was the deal. Maybe that's the deal. You know? Well, it's an interesting theory, dude. I, I like where your mind's at. Mm. Well, I think we've blathered on long enough. It's so great how the, sh- the season's over when we go in for 50 minutes. We did a 30-team preview of John Tavares. That's <laughs> crazy. Dude, I bet oh you all God. 10 of the there, people who are still listening loved left every- Dude, to this. everybody loved it. Nobody left. Everybody loved it. Okay. Off-season are always our, our longest and strongest. Always, <laughs> always. Uh, armchair GM. Go Caps, dude. Go Caps. I want we'll them see to what win. happens. But uh, I'm, if I were them, I'd feel a little nervous. I think if they lose tomorrow, they could lose the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would not like to see that. All right, dude. Go Caps. Bye. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.